Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Acts 17, but before we get started, let's begin with prayer. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for taking care of us and thank you for loving us. Thank you for the wisdom of others to help us understand who you are. And thank you for your Holy Spirit to enhance our, the wisdom and the guidance. I just pray, Father, for you to be the one that speaks, the one that is heard. And I just pray that you'd be honored and glorified by all we do. I lift up our country right now, Lord. I just pray. I pray, Father, for healing, revival. But I rest in the knowledge that you are in charge, that you're in control. And I just pray for peace to be upon our country and in our hearts. I know it's pretty tough right now, and I pray for my brothers and sisters. And I just pray that you would give them comfort, that you'd give them some peace, and that they would look to you and know that you are in charge and be able to be comforted by that. I just pray that we would do your will and bring you glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, today we're in chapter 17. And in one of the scriptures, it's uh, verse 27. It says, though he is not far from each one of us. It talks about how close God is to us. And so often we think that God is far away. That when sin came in, when man sinned, and broke the covenant relationship. God had been right there in, in the garden with Adam and Eve. He had been walking beside them, talking to them, and fellowshipping. When sin arrived, God didn't move. But man thought he did. Man's heart moved away from God, not God moving from us. And I think it's so important in today's society, in today's world... That really just struck me because today we think God's, you know, up there. Either man thinks there is no God or is in like everything, but doesn't understand that God is right here next to us, waiting to know us and fellowship with us if we believe. So I pray for our country. I lift them up. I lift up our brothers and sisters. I know within my own self I'm struggling at times. I've started a new job. I'm grateful, very grateful. And I feel that God put me there. So I'm just trying to be a good servant, a good son. And I pray that, um, or I ask that you would pray for me and help me to do, be a good son and to do what he, fulfill the reason he put me there. Because I truly do believe he put me in that role. So anyways, with all of that, <clears throat> let me just uh, get started here. We're in chapter 17, verse 1 of Acts. When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphilus and Ap Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. <clears throat> but other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. And when they did not find them, they dragged them 
Jason, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials shouting, these men who have caused the trouble all over the world have now come here and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They're all defying Caesar's decrees saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and the others post bond and let them go. So it's a pretty big issue when you're disobeying Caesar, right? You're disobeying the, the, the Romans and the Romans have a tendency to come, come in and those who are disobeying and rebelling in essence, they tend to kill them <laughs> or treat them very badly. So of course the, the town gets thrown into turmoil. As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. But when the Jews in Thessalonica heard that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. The believers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. Those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instructions for Silas and and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace, day by day, and with those who happened to be there. A A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this blabberer trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a a meeting of the Arpagos, sorry, I struggle with that word, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. <laughs> Sounds like uh, some of our politicians and other leaders. Maybe the media, too. Anyways, Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Arpagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very very thing you worship, and this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands, as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far away from any one of us. 
For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of our own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has sent, set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof to, of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, We want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionysus, a member of the Arpagus, also a woman named Demarius, and a number of others. So, I think it's interesting that the message that Paul had when all these idols were there is that God is not far from us, but it's not in these things made by your hands. It's not that unknown God that you don't even know why you worship it. It's God, the one true, and he's right here near you. You don't have to make idols. You don't have to look around. He's standing beside you if you just believe. I like that message. I think it's pretty powerful. So with that, I'm just going to close up with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all you've done. You're an amazing God, and you've made everything. You've given us breath, you've given us hope, and you've given us life. Thank you for all that you've done. I lift up our country. I lift up our families and our friends. And I just pray in these tough times that we would all know that you're right there, you're close, that you're living in us who believe, and that in those who don't know you, that they would find out that you're right there next to them. They just have to turn around, bow their head, and ask you. So, Lord, I pray for this day. I pray for this rest of this week. And I just pray you'd be honored and glorified by what we do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.